have three cats who found me. Well, it wasn't my idea, but they turned up. And do they speak so French that, or English? <laughs> well, I hope they're bilingual. They get shouted at in both from time to time. So <laughs> I think they understand the tone of voice anyway. <laughs> Power to Live More with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Joe Dodds and I started this show back in 2016 to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean how they focus on productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience to enable them to do more of the stuff that they want to do and less of the stuff that they don't. After 241 shows I've taken a pause from doing new interviews to reshare previous interviews. They were too good to not revisit. So please do bear in mind that this podcast might refer to events from the past as current or in the future, but rest assured that the stories, tips and advice shared by my guests continues to be pure gold. Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today Joe is interviewing Kate Cobb. Kate and Joe have known each other for years, having met by an online coaching group. They have probably only met once face-to-face at an event, but have kept in touch since via email, social media and a couple of business projects. In 2011, Joe contributed to a chapter to a book that Kate edited and published called Turning Points. That included 25 inspiring stories from women entrepreneurs. Kate Cobb is the course creation coach. She works with busy business coaches who are challenged by having too many ideas but not enough time to structure them into marketable programs. They really strive to increase their income and get further out of the time for money trap, but they don't know how. They are totally committed to providing the most valuable experience possible for their clients. With a unique blend of 30 years training and business coaching experience behind her, she helps her clients to organise what they know into hot products that sell. She's designed over 400 programmes, both on and offline, for clients who have gone on to increase their income by a minimum of 30%. One of her current clients is on track for a whooping 300% increase. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing Kate Cobb. Hello, Kate. Thanks for joining me. Hello, Joe. It's a pleasure. And you're joining me from another country, aren't you? I am indeed. I live in the south of France, just outside Nice. Oh, lovely. And is it sunny? We're, we're recording this in April. Yes. Is it sunny? <laughs> it's beautifully sunny. Beautifully sunny, blue sky, no clouds. It's very dull. Um, is it? I'm sorry. It was dull here yesterday. It Aww. does get cloudy sometimes. No, it's getting into a really nice period of spring and soon could be summer. Lovely. So tell me a bit more about you, what you do and where you do it, apart from the French bit. <laughs> well, I do the French bit. Obviously, well, I work from home. So, um, and I've lived in Nice for 20 years this year. It's 20 years. So I've been here quite a long time and just love being here. It's a, it is a lovely area to be. And I really do appreciate the sunshine most of the year round. 
and I don't think I could ever live in the north of Europe anymore. So I'm very happy to be here. Uh, I have three cats who found me. Well, it wasn't my idea, but they turned up. And do they speak so French or English? <laughs> well, I hope they're bilingual. They get shouted at in both from time to time. So <laughs> I think they understand tone of voice anyway. <laughs> so there's my constant companions. Yeah. Um, so in terms of work, uh, I've been uh, working as a freelancer for, I don't know, over 30 years. So I'm very happy to be running my own show. I think that's that's an important thing to me. Um, I help and support coaches and trainers as well, um, people who want to run group events and group activities, either online or uh, telephone group coaching, for example, or face-to-face programs like VIP days, because my background is in training, so I absolutely love helping other people design what I call training events, so that could be, as I say, planning an online program, uh, running a one-day program or a telephone training group, something like that. Mm-hmm. And how do you work with your clients? How do you deliver your own version of that? It's a, it's a bit of a concentric circle type thing, isn't it, that you're helping people to mm. do something in the same way that you're doing it? <laughs> well, it's true, because there are basic principles in the way people learn, so that's what I'm trying to pass on. Because I know for coaches, for example, they're through marketing, and I can see why, uh, put under pressure, I think, to come up with online programs to to work in a group way rather than one-to-one, as we know, for good economic reasons, because you can only work with so many people one-to-one. So it's difficult, though, because they're not trained to work with groups. They're not necessarily, anyway. They're not the same skills. Um, and therefore they, they'll come across stumbling blocks and difficulties with people in the group and not quite understand why. So that's what I try to do to support them. And, and I do it, I suppose, in three main ways. I can work with an individual who knows that they want to, to put together a program, but they just can't get the clarity of what that's going to be. And I find people, when they're, you know, the people I work with have established businesses. So they've already got a client base, they're already working with clients, but it tends to be one-to-one rather than group. So they've got loads of experience, but the difficulty is actually finding one thing to put in a program. And what people tend to do is they want to over-deliver, they want to put far too much content in, for example, to an online online program, uh, with the result that people just get overwhelmed, even just maybe looking at publicity for it, they're overwhelmed and they don't sign up, or they may sign up and then give up soon because there's just too much in there. So I help them to work out what they're going to leave out. And that's the challenge for most people is not what to put in, it's what to leave out. Mm. So we can just do like a three-hour audit session working individually one-to-one over Skype and really get clear on what the program's going to be, what the content's going to be, what the target market is, and really clearly what you want people to learn as they go through that program. So that can be a short thing because then people might go off and then they'll design their own program. They feel happy to do that. With others, um, I can work with them to produce the program. If they don't want to do it on their own, I can help them to do that. 
look at different learning platforms and ways of using technology to do that. Or I could do it for them, and that's what I do with, with uh, some people I work with. I just take their idea, I know exactly what their objectives are going to be, and then I write the whole, design the whole course for them. Okay. So I'll write things like templates and checklists and um, any materials that they need to support that process. Mm. So basically, done for them, I brand it up so and deliver it back so that they can just start running it. Yeah. So works in different ways with individuals. I also still do corporate work. So I'll work obviously within organizations where they have training departments and they need learning materials developing and particularly these days looking at using technology in learning because there is so much of it. Yes. Um, yeah. And most companies are trying to for different reasons, but one is financial. Mm. Looking at better ways of delivering things that they've delivered probably face-to-face -face over the last X number of years. And there are so many ways to do it now that that can be quite a challenge. And, of course, you're doing all of this from the lovely south of France. I have this sort of mm. idyllic view of, of, of where you're working. Um, <laughs> do you have a particular room in your house that's your office, or do you work in different places? Tell us a bit more about, about the logistics. I know. I have a, I have a designated space. Uh, which looks out onto the terrace. I have a very small apartment, so I can't say it's a whole room, but it's space where I can look out onto the terrace, which then um, there's a communal garden beyond that. So I just look out on greenery Lovely. and blue sky and sunshine. No, it is lovely. And, of course, you do most of your work via technology. You've, I think you've mentioned Skype already. How, how do you connect with your, with your clients? Yes, I do everything from home, so everything I do is by Skype or by telephone, but largely by Skype or similar uh, similar platforms. Um, and I've never ever found any problem with doing that. I've been coaching for, for years as well as training, doing the training design work, and I've actually found that train, uh, sorry, coaching by telephone is extremely powerful and that sometimes I'll even, if we're working on Skype, we'll switch the picture off because uh, people just can get much more deeply into coaching when they don't have the visual stuff to derange them. That's interesting. So Skype is one, and of yeah. course, internet is fabulous. Yeah. I mean, when I started writing books, well, I can't remember the first one I was commissioned to write was, I don't know, 20 years or so ago, I suppose. That was the days when you would receive the manuscript, printed manuscript through the post in a big brown envelope, and you had to go through it and do the, you know, do the changes, and then put it back in the envelope and send it back. So now, fantastic internet. Of course, everything goes by email. Yeah. So it's made big differences to the way that I work with people. Mm. It's interesting what you say about um, not having visuals. I, I'm sort of a quite a, a sociable person when I'm sort of you know in real life if you like um but a, video I really hate video <laughs> and I know I need right. to do it and I'm mm. constantly saying oh I should do more but uh, you know I am that person that when somebody says can we Skype I go yeah mm -hmm. and I always mean Skype meaning just the audio version not with the video mm. <laughs> and yes. then it traumatizes me when they that. want the video to be on <laughs> I understand that too. I don't. I don't like being seeing myself on video. Yeah. Um, 
I do think it's distracting, though. I, I I did an interview, a video interview with uh, a guy a, a year or so ago, and it was a quite a lengthy interview, probably sort of an hour and a half or so. And it was very distracting having to look, I don't know, um, sort of uh, uh, interested, aware, intelligent, you know, all of those things throughout the mm. whole interview, when really it was about mm. what I was saying, not about how I looked. But because I knew it was being videoed, I had to you know, worry about that as well. So I can see what you're mm. saying about the t- turning mm. the, audio, the video off can, can you know, get you into a much deeper conversation. It is really interesting. Obviously, when I was in the UK, I, I was coaching. I would do it face-to-face because that's what you do. Yeah. And lots of people still work that way, of course. But when I moved to France and I was still had my clients in the UK, then generally it was telephone really more than Skype. But I was forced, clearly, we couldn't have a face-to-face coaching session. So it was almost that I was forced to do it. And then when I was forced to do it, I really found how powerful it was. And I think it's a bit like when, I don't know if you've had this experience, when you're driving along with someone in the car, they're sitting next to you, but you're not looking at them. Mm. Sometimes you can have really deep conversations with people and they'll reveal things that they wouldn't normally if you were face-to-face. Yeah. So I think there is something in there about almost what you're saying. You know, you were saying you've sort of got to look good in front of the camera, as it were, look attentive. Whereas if we don't have that, we're not playing, play acting the person we think the other person expects us to be. Yes. Yeah. It's interesting. I did. I did one of these interviews with the the video on, thinking it might help to be more engaged in the conversation, and I don't think it it worked either way um we you know it was a great a great conversation that i had um with with the guest but i've not felt the need to do it since so it, that is really right. interesting yeah. yeah 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 so tell me a bit about about your working day then do you do you do things in a certain order do you have a sort of a 9 to 5 mentality or or is it very much uh, sort of see what happens on the day how how does that all pan out for you um that's a good question. I'm hoping it's going to be very French and very flexible, but you know, definitely. I do try to get to my desk by ten o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we don't start very early here, and I do have a siesta after lunch. Oh, lovely! <laughs> which is, you know, we would probably call a power nap, but obviously in France we call it a siesta. <laughs> so that is is really useful to have twenty thirty minutes of really. And now go quite profoundly asleep sometimes. Yeah. To have the rest to then come back and then start working. Um, I tend to probably work far too much and far too long. I'm not good. I never have been. I've been self-employed most most of my working life, I suppose. And I've never been very good at allowing myself to have days off and holidays. Mm -hmm. So I'm certainly not structured around. I only do Monday to Friday. Um... But within that, and the thing that I enjoy about being my own boss, is having the flexibility. So if somebody says, you know, come out for coffee or come for lunch, and it's a Wednesday, and I can fit that in because I've got nothing else planned, then I will do that. Yeah. Knowing that probably I'll be making up for that by working Friday, um, Saturday morning, but that's okay with me. I'm happy to work in that way. Mm. Um, it's more difficult. I think when you've got families, and you know your family needs needs some of your time too, to to be that flexible. But that's one of the things that I really enjoy. 
Yeah. So I'll get to my desk at 10, and then it depends what's in the diary, really. I do set aside regular times each week to have conversations with people who perhaps are, you know, have an issue that they want to discuss about a program that they've got coming up or something that maybe they're thinking about doing. So I make sure that I've got calls in for that. They, of course, can turn into potential clients, so you could call those sales conversations. Mm. Um, often they're not, but it's, I'm very happy to help people if I can. Mm. So, but I keep those to certain times of the week. Right. I was going to ask if you did that, because quite a lot of my guests yeah. do. They they stick to certain days for certain types of, of work or conversations. Activities, yes. Yes, I do try to do that. Um, I'm not good at sticking rigidly to any sort of planning system. Though I've looked at different ones, I've tried different ones. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't really work for me, I have to say. I'm a great believer that you know we're in business for ourselves, and therefore we need to design the business that really works for us. And that may not work for anybody else in the world, but that's fine. Yeah. And I'm always saying that to clients: you know, this is your business. What do you want to do with this? Yeah. Um, and I suppose I'm a bit like that myself. So if someone can come up with a tool that would help to get me more organised. Um, that, that that might work, but I've not found one yet. <laughs> the thing that I do do first thing in the morning, and I normally am quite um, consistent about this, and it's almost as I'm waking up, I will ask myself a question, which is more often than not, what three things can I do to move my business forward today? Yes. So immediately you've reminded me of... Wendy Keir, who talked about three things in a day, and also mm -hmm. Amanda Alexander, who only tweeted that very question this week, which was one of the ones oh, really? that she talked to me about, you know, that, that one of the regular right. questions she asks herself is, what can I do to move yeah. my business forward sort of thing? So, uh, yeah. so yeah. yeah, interesting. So Sometimes well, it's, what can I do to bring some money in today, or what can I do to help my existing clients more, depending on the circumstances at the time. Mm. But it's usually... It, it obviously comes within that about moving yeah. on. Yeah. So how does that then? And that I find if I do that as I'm. Sorry, I was just going to say how does that then? Getting actually then yeah. turning into action. Do you do? You... Right. Well, I write them down. I mean, uh, if I'm doing it as I'm waking up, I think that's a really good time to sort of be in touch with your intuition anyway. Yeah. And so, so I'll ask myself a question, and then I'll just wait. And sometimes the ideas come up immediately. And sometimes I need a bit longer to come up with the three things, but I write them down and I make sure I work on them. Mm. So if I work on nothing else that day, I do those three things. And sometimes those, you know, if I am up early and working uh, early on, those three things can be done by 10 o'clock. Yeah. But they are really clear action steps. It's not like I'm going to complete this whole project because, again, we do tend to set ourselves tasks that are just impossible. So I'm looking at a very very specific activities. Yeah, yeah. And then I probably will do more work during the day, but the rest of the day is bonus. Yeah, exactly. And so, how do you sort of manage that that sort of other list of things that that, that need to get done? You've you've said you know there's not not really a tool that helps you to do that. Is it just a simple pen and paper job, or is it just what mm -hmm. comes up for you in your head? Or no, I tend to be a still pen and paper person. Mm -hmm. um, I will write up lists on my computer, but I, I still enjoy the satisfaction of crossing things off. Yeah. That's a bit pathetic, but I find that's really satisfying to see a long list and then go at the end of the day to cross three, at least three off or more things off. 
because um, it does make me feel that I'm getting somewhere and making some movement forward. I have so things I've done to, to my list. <laughs> I have things I've done to my list. So I can cross them off. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> oh yes, I do that too. Yes, exactly. Yes, definitely. Just so I can cross something off. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So I like that. Um, I tend, I suppose, to organise myself more around projects. Yeah. Um, I've just been, well, as you know, I've just been running a seven-day challenge to my Facebook group to write, to design an online programme in a week. And I'd set this up quite legitimately, but purely selfishly, because I wanted to get this done. I thought, if I don't have people saying, why aren't you doing this, or I'm not conscious of it, then I'm not going to do this in a week, so let's you know, ask some chums to join in on it. So for that, for my online project, for that, then I'm, I'll make a plan. Yeah. So I'll write out the modules, I'll have a structure, I have to work from a structure, I and mean, that's the way I design programs and get people to design their programs too, is working from a clear structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll do that, but I'll, des I'll design some kind of table in Word and then again cross things out or change the colour of the thing once it's done yeah. so that I can see progress. So it's almost like um, creating a template so that you've got gaps to fill in and once you've filled the gaps in, you know, you've done the job sort of thing. Yes, exactly, exactly. Mm. I've used things, I, tend, I do use things like Trello and Asana, but it, that's more for... If individuals, clients are using it, then that's if we're sharing documents, that sort of thing is quite important. Mm -hmm. But I don't use it, I have to say, I don't use it on my own. I have used them, but I've not thought, oh, this is a wonderful tool, I'm going to use this now for myself. No. You mentioned um, when you're creating programs that you use checklists sometimes. Do you use checklists for your own work? Oh. <laughs> Well, the fact I've got to think clearly means the answer's going to be no. <laughs> I would use it if it was included in a if it was included in a program. Yes. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Design one for end users. Yes. But I, um, I tend to use. Um, in a sense, my table is a bit like that. Your your what is sorry? Right. My te the template yes. is sort of like that. I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah. That's how I use my sort of. I wouldn't say I've got checklists, but I've got processes that I that means mm -hmm. I don't have to actually think through the process each time. I just literally do the list of things that I did last time because I know that will get me to the to the end result sort of thing. So yeah, very similar. Right. I think to, to right. templates, yes. as you say. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned that um, uh, you've never been very good at stopping work and taking time off. <laughs> how how does the end of the the day play out to you? Do do you do you, just keep going till you fall asleep, or, or do you try and um, bring it well, to a natural close? Sometimes, <laughs> uh, sometimes I do. What I've tried doing, and actually it's good that you asked me this because it's reminded myself um, that this did work for me, is to set an alarm on, on my phone, yeah. so, I don't know, something like 9.30, which is then the time to prepare to go to bed. And it's not to say I go to bed at 9.30, but it's then that means closing down the computer, not doing anything else online after that time and really getting into a state where I can go to bed at a reasonable time and get to sleep. Mm -hmm. And that did work. And interestingly enough, and I don't know why, 
I stopped doing that, but I stopped doing that. I think I should put that back in oh. because otherwise I will carry on working. It depends, you know. I do coaching calls. I'm sure you do in the evenings. Yeah. Either within with my own coaching group, a full mm. time apart, or with clients. So there are sometimes things put in in the evenings anyway. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not good at saying right. That's it for today. You know, six o'clock. Pens down. Finished. No, I I, I yeah, agree. Possibly, Neither am I. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's possibly the thing that I don't have family clamouring for a meal. You know, it's different for other women who have to then go and cook something. Yes, yeah, so I have uh, a alarm at nine thirty. It's called Little Dodds. Right. Time for her to go to bed. Ah, there you are. Exactly. <laughs> I've decided that carrying on working afterwards doesn't work because she won't go to bed. So in uh, lots of ways, I've just decided that I will go to bed too, which means, as you said, mm -hmm. I don't go to bed at 9.30, but I certainly start to think about it. Um, yes. Places yeah. that, um, you know, it, it takes a bit of negotiating at times. She's a bit of a night owl like, my, like me and would probably stay up all night given half the chance right right <laughs> you have a natural prompt then yes exactly in your home yeah, so. yeah yeah so um we talked um about a few tools that you've used as, as we've gone along and 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 that you don't particularly use one for for managing your time but but i know you do use um tools and maybe some apps for for some of the the work that you do so have you got some recommendations for us well i get i don't i'm not a great um, I don't get very excited about technical stuff <coughs> in a general sense but I get very excited when it's technical things that are about learning yeah so I spend quite a bit of time investigating and trying out different learning platforms to deliver online programs for example um, because I use them with clients and they expect me to recommend things to them anyway and I just really, it's really interesting, interesting to see what is out there. And the, what's happened, of course, with technology is now that if you want to run an online program and you want to run it, I don't know, from your WordPress website, for example, there are so many possibilities that you could use to put that online program together that people don't know where to go. So I looking the the one I've been trialing at the moment of this very week is called Lifter LMS, which yeah. is a WordPress plugin. Cool. Uh, free. Uh, I'm always looking for no cost or low cost solutions for people as well. Uh, that's one worth looking at. Uh, Teachable is another one which I've been looking at recently. Mm -hmm. Uh, there are a lot, but say there are lots of other platforms. Some so, are paid for. Some you pay a percentage when you sell a program. Some yeah. you have a monthly, uh, you know, monthly subscription fee to. It depends really what. There's a financial cost as well, so it depends a bit about what your budget is. I think too, mm -hmm. what suits people. So these are the sorts of apps that or tools that will allow you to sort of reveal content over a period of time perhaps mm -hmm. do um, group discussions group chat what what sort of um they uh, they tend not to be they tend to be online programs so it would be you can upload text video audio obviously uh, you can put in their downloads you can set people exercises but they tend not to be interactive right 
uh, there are some around that are a bit more interactive. Mm -hmm. But the ones that I've been looking at, certainly recently, because they're either free or very low cost, they don't have that functionality. Yeah, so they're more about delivering the content. Difficult. Yeah, exactly, mm -hmm. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And then what clients can then do, of course, is set up webinars to go along with that. They can have a Facebook group to go along with that. So there can be interactivity in it or built around it rather, rather than it actually being in the platform itself. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So you've mentioned learning a lot because clearly that is your business. What about your own learning, improving yourself and how, how you go about learning new things? What what do you do? Um, I like trying things out for myself. That's the way I learn best. I do participate in webinars and, and I read stuff online about new um, new tools that are coming in for learning. But I tend to have to practice it myself. I don't, you know, like I look at something. For me, the visual is really important as well. So it needs to look good. Mm. It needs to be quite simple to use. And the only way I could judge that is actually signing up for a free trial or whatever yeah. and going in and playing around with it for myself. Mm -hmm. But there's so, with technology and the uses of technology and learning, it is important to keep up to date. So I do that through different groups I'm in. Um, Networking with colleagues, obviously, who are doing this this sort of thing all the time, yeah, and reading about it. But reading about it online, I don't have a list of books or a pile of books even to get through. I don't. Interesting enough, I love reading. I tend not to do it so much for work, but it's partly because the technology is changing so much all the time that I don't see the point really. Yeah, yeah. Books quite often are, are a bit out of date, aren't they? Once even once they've yes, published, exactly. You know? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I get excited about business kind of books and get halfway through them, and then I then I get right. bored and move on to the next. Yeah. <laughs> never finish yeah. them. I've got yes, I know. I've got some key key books that I do go back to from time to time. Um, Anything you'd like to share? Oh, I like Jeff Walker's launch pad. Yes, where he takes you through his wonderful system. I think I put a lot of time for him. I think he's a person with lots of integrity. Absolutely. I was uh, a member of his, um, one of his initial groups with uh, the, um, what was his, I can't think what his program's called, the product um, launch formula, formula, wasn't it, PLF. And, uh, he, formula, that's it. Yeah. yeah, and he had continuity on it, so it was a, a monthly payment. It, I can't remember what it was mm -hmm. now, but sort of, I don't know, it was 40 or £50, pounds, I think, quite a long time ago, so it wasn't particularly cheap. And one month he just wrote to everybody and said, I don't feel I'm offering enough value to keep charging you, so we've cancelled all your memberships. And I was oh, like, wow, wow that's, you know, how unusual is that yeah. in the online world? You know? yeah. So, exactly. Um, yeah, so I agree. Yes. I think he has, has, has good integrity, for, certainly from my own experience of him all that time ago. Yes, yes, absolutely. I suppose that's possibly the most up-to-date one. I like things like The Big Leap. Oh, big leap. Now you're going to ask me who it's by, and I can't remember. I'll look it up, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Very well known. Uh, it's quite nice because he talks about, um, is it Gay Hendricks? I think so. Gay Hendricks, I came across years ago, was talking about uh, meditation, using meditation in companies. Um, and although he interviewed lots of CEOs, and they didn't necessarily call it meditation. Yeah. That was absolutely what they were doing and where they were really tapping into their creativity and getting great ideas. Mm. So I've sort of followed him ever since. And The Big Leap 
he talks about us getting into our zone of genius um, as human beings, you know, and actually tapping into that when we're working. Yeah. And I just I love that idea. So yes, worth worth looking up if you've not come across that. I one. definitely will because I absolutely um, agree with that, and that's partly why I'm here with Power to Live More now. <laughs> so mm. perhaps I need to read about it after I've uh, exactly. made that leap. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. So what about um, other recommendations? You talked a bit about books. Um, you said you, you'd read, but not normally for, for work. Have you got any uh, fiction recommendations? Always on the lookout for a good book? No, it's always detective stuff for me. Oh, and me. I love a good detective story. <laughs> so I do think I. it's the problem solving in it. Yes. Because I think a lot of what we do as entrepreneurs is about problem solving. Certainly for me, working with people on helping find solutions to learning challenges um it's it's about that so yeah so it's always that sort of stuff detective stuff yes yeah no i agree i've I just uh, started reading uh a book uh, there's a series i think it's nora roberts that that writes them all that's the, the pen name for it and uh, they're called um death in um so I, I can't remember which one i'm reading at the moment but like you know death um in certainty or death in something I don't that, that those are the titles anyway um, and it's all it's set in the future with some really whizzy sort of um, you know like I don't know they 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 have um, you know they can they can go to space at the drop of a hat you know they go on holiday mm -hmm. to, to Mars and, and things like that sort of thing and it's all very futuristic but it is about detective mm -hmm. um, and murders and and of course with the added complication of it being in the future with all this sort of extra technology but also things like when they secure a scene they have oh, I can't think what their technical term is for it but oh sweepers I think they call them so literally they they sort of secure it so nobody can go in it and then they do some amazing process and then of course they get loads more information out of it than they would you know in the modern time so it's quite it's quite interesting I've quite enjoyed those I like it when you get into a series and there's tons of them because then you can just keep going. And I think it was one of those ones where good old Amazon hooked me in with a, a free book or a 99p book. Nice. <laughs> yes. They're not that cheap now. I should look that up. Yeah. I, lo I love the radio as well. Love radio plays. Ah. I'm not talking in English. I have to say not, not in French. <laughs> um, I love radio plays on Radio Four. Radio Four Extra is my absolute favourite radio mm -hmm. station. Lovely. And do you do you listen to them when you're working? I mean, I, I do when I'm doing sort no. of. Um, Oh, no, no, no. I don't know my accounts and stuff. I listen to things because I don't have to concentrate very much, but I can't do anything else and listen because it puts me off. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's, this is not. This is certainly either siesta time or perhaps when I go to bed, I'll listen to the radio. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of, outside outside work. One of mine I've mentioned before is uh, Desert Island Discs. I really really like that every week. So uh, yeah, and I can't listen to that going to sleep because I get too interested in the music. <laughs> and you can't listen to it. Really important to me. You can't listen to it on time and a half, which I do with most of my podcasts, so that I can listen to more because the music sounds silly when it's played too fast. <laughs> oh right, okay. Yeah, top tip, if you speed up your podcast to at least one and a half times, your brain doesn't actually really have an issue with it once it gets used to it. And uh, most people speak so slowly that, that it works fine. I don't think you can t you can speed me up because you probably can't understand me. <laughs> but it does work for most people. So um, oh, that's we really interesting. before we started recording, you, you mentioned music being really important 
to you. Um, what sort of music do you do you listen to? Uh, I sing. I'm in a choir. I've been in choirs for since I was at school, so forever and ever. Um, and I find singing is the best way to switch on. Yeah, absolutely. Because when you've got a score in front of you and you're in rehearsal for three hours, the only thing you can do is focus on that. Do you know, I could have I could have said that sentence myself. I say that so much myself because I, I sing in choirs as well. And uh, I always say it's so mindful, as you say. You can't you can't yes. be doing anything else. You have to be paying attention. You can't be your mind can't wander because you get lost and it all goes wrong. <laughs> and, exactly. Absolutely. And of course, physically with the, the, the diaphragmatic breathing, you know, that it's so good for yes. you to, to, to do yes. that as well. I took that as an alternative to yoga or meditation because I didn't fancy doing either of those things. But I read right. it good as. Oh, yes. A great alternative. Absolutely. Mm. So what sort of thing? Think- well, we I sing in I've always sung a sort of traditional choral music. Yeah. Um and actually I have been president of the choir singing now, which I started with the conductor six years ago. And before that I was president of the choir for six years. Mm-hmm. Um the president in France is somebody who obviously does the admin organising, they're not the artistic person at all. Um <laughs> But I love that. I just love being involved in the organising side. I've worked on operas and uh, as well as choral stuff and orchestral organisation. So yeah. I just love all of that. I think in a past life, or maybe this is just a missed opportunity in this life, I would have done this. Could happily have been a person who worked in an opera house, for example. Yeah. As an administrator, organising because it's just fascinating the whole process of opera is totally fascinating yeah they're not something i knew about at all before i started singing and working as a particular conductor so for singing it's the choir we have at the moment is a chamber choir so there are normally let's say 12 to 16 of us singing and we're singing things like dark motets and that kind of thing yeah really. lovely um, a lot of a cappella stuff, so you really have to be on the ball because you might be the only person singing in your voice part, or you might have one person with you. It's never more than two on a voice part. Yeah. So, boy, do you have to concentrate on that, not to show yourself completely up as an idiot in front of everybody else. <laughs> and it's a good, it's a good, really good standard of choir. We don't. The sad thing about being in the south of France is the Mediterranean doesn't have the same choral tradition that we have in the UK or that they have in Germany, for mm. example. But down here it's much more opera and operetta. Um, so we're up against it really a bit. But it's just wonderful to have this choir whereby I can carry on doing that sort of singing. Yeah, that sounds lovely. And I think it's a because it's a you know it's a good level. Yeah. So I've got to get better. And it helps you get better when you're working with people who are better than you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'd I'd love to sing in a chamber choir. We, I sing in a, a big choral society. There's like sort of a hundred and odd of us, so we mm. get to sing the big works, which is great. But as you say, I, I love the challenge of of singing with few people. Um, so you are exposed, although it's quite stressful as well. Yes, <laughs> very so, scary. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah I've been in big again in the UK. I would have been in big big choirs like you. Mm. And it is fantastic because you do get to do wonderful works with orchestra. But yeah. it's a different sort of pressure, yeah. isn't it? A different sort of way of doing it. So 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're lucky to have this. I'm very lucky to be involved in it. So that's your your main form of relaxation then, the fact that you're in the sunny south of France and you're singing. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. That's it in a nutshell. Definitely. <laughs> lovely, lovely. So what about on days when things don't go right? Do you have any of those stressful ones? I, I'm just imagining it's all blissful in the south of France, but, you know, I'm sure oh, <laughs> there are times <laughs> when the internet goes down, maybe. <laughs> what, what, oh, how do you yeah. deal with, with those traumas? It isn't always wonderful in south of France, of course, <laughs> as anywhere. Um, I do try to learn from things. You know, I'm a sort of glass half full person, and I do think everything that happens to us happens just for a reason, it happens to teach us things, and even the worst possible things in life actually do that, although they may not feel like it at the time. So if I'm having a bad day, at the office, as it were, then I will try to, to calm down, not panic, and think about, you know, what's this about? Because there may be specific actions I can take to turn things around. I think there always are ways that we can turn things around, even if it's only with our way of thinking about something. Mm. Um, I'm not saying that I always achieve that 100% of the time, but it doesn't take me long to get back into yeah. a much more positive frame of mind. And, and to see what is working. We so constantly concentrate on what isn't working. Yeah. Forget all the things that are working, the things that we are doing, and the way we are contributing. Mm -hmm. um, and tell me, and do you do you sing? Focus to get back to that. Yeah. Do you sing when you're feeling bad like that? Sometimes I do. That's a really good idea. I think if I've had a really bad day and don't feel I've got anywhere, sometimes. I'll take out my music and start work, you know, because obviously we prepare for concerts, don't we? Mm. Um, I'll start working on a score that I need to prepare. So, yeah. yes, that's true. But I could do more of that. That's a good idea. Yeah, I think physically I, it sometimes just really helps to, as you, we've said, be mindful about something else anyway, but, but also just mm. that whole relaxation piece I think can be really helpful. I certainly, um, you know, do, do do that specifically if I've had one of those one of those days. So uh, maybe not when there's people in the house, though. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> so on a day when you've finished the day, knowing that you've had that chance to live more that I talk about, which is about doing the stuff you really want to do, not necessarily the stuff oh. that you need to do or you should do, what does that day look like? Oh, the day itself? Yeah, what have you done? What have I done? Um, oh, I've worked on some training design work for somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this morning I was doing some work, I'm actually designing some questions for somebody who wants to use them in his training. And I just love, I just love that. And I know that it's contributing, because what I do now is very much a kind of backroom activity, and, and there are lots of people who don't even know that people like me exist. Yeah. There are coaches, I know apparently, who are looking for people like me because they don't like designing, or trainers too, who don't like doing the, the design side. They like the delivery, but they don't like the design, mm. or aren't very good at it, or don't have the time, but don't know that there are people like me who could help them. So that's um, an interesting thing because you know we're all skilled in different areas. But really, if I know that, I, to know that I've achieved something, it's to know that I've put together a really good program that I know is going to help the people who will be using it. 
because I have a really clear way and a really clear picture in my head of how to take them from the starting point of the training, whatever that may be, right through to the end, whether it's an online program, self-study, or face-to-face, -face or whatever it is. Um, I'm really good at that, so I feel I'm really good at helping people through that journey. Mm -hmm. So if I can do that, even though I don't see the people to whom this is delivered, I don't get immediate feedback from them, I feel that that's really contributing to other people's learning. Yeah. So that makes me feel very satisfied. Lovely. And it's very creative. I love coming up with ideas for group activities or role plays or case studies. And I just find it a really creative process. I just love it. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Very happy. Lovely. So we're just coming to the end of the interview now. It's gone by in a flash as ever. How how can people find out more about you? There'll be people, I'm sure, listening who are exactly the people you've just talked about who don't like doing this stuff, need somebody to help them with what uh, what they want to do and deliver for their people. How, how can they find out more about what you do? Uh, the best place at the moment is to sign up to my, to like my Facebook page which is called Share Your Passion, or the long version, Share Your Passion with the World. As that's the place at the moment that I'm um, putting most stuff out on, certainly to coaches and to individual trainers who are looking for help. Mm -hmm. People can always email me, kate at katecobb.com, and that message will get through to me. Lovely, and then I we have can... corporate. I have a corporate website, which is obviously for people more in organisations, called the Learning Design Studio. Lovely. So we can put that on the show notes, and um, I, I think you're working you. on on a, a new website or two, so we can we can add yes. those on as exactly to, to that as well. So lovely. Thank you right. so much Thank for joining you. me. Um, Pleasure, Joe. It's been talking to you. Thank you for reminding me of some things like setting my alarm to go to bed yeah i'm going to start uh, doing that if little dodsy doesn't uh, keep doing it for me <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's been great interviewing you thank you thank you joe it's really kind of you attention home-based coaches and consultants are you tired of feeling alone isolated and frustrated with running your home-based coaching or consulting business are you sick of feeling like your life would be better and you'd be happier if you felt more organised and productive? Do you feel like there's simply not enough time in a day to get all the things done that you need to do to build a successful business while making time to live more? It's time to stop the isolation and start getting more organised, productive and focused on the skills that will move the needle forward. It's time to join the Power to Live More Calm membership. If you're ready to, Stop creating the wheel and focus on the things that truly matter in your life and business. Learn what you need to know to be successful and live more. Get accountability help from a group of like-minded home-based business owners. To learn more about the Power to Live More Calm membership program and apply, visit powertolivemore.com slash get calm. Use your power to live more.